Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up on the Hockey News pregame show, it's our World Genius Preview. Can Canada win gold three times in a row? Or will the favorite Americans come through? And joining us is THN prospect writer Tony Ferrari on Who to Watch. I'm Ryan Kennedy. And I'm Michael Trakos, and this is the Hockey News pregame show, brought to you by BetMGM and NorthlandHockey.com. Welcome to the Hockey News. This is a special World Junior Championship preview. And Ryan, pleased to be joined by someone who's covered... How many tournaments has it been now? It's been over a decade. Wow. Yeah, first one was in Saskatoon in 2010. And uh, obviously one of my favorite events. Uh, always an honor to cover it. And I will be in Sweden, so I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. I'm extremely jealous. I've covered seven, so not quite as many as you. And... I can't remember a time where I go into a tournament and Canada is not the favorite. And obviously, mm-hmm. Canada now has won two straight, looking for a third straight gold medal. You know, presumably, is going to be a favorite because name a hockey tournament where Canada is never the favorite going into it. But um, what are the expectations for Team Canada that only has one returning player? I can't re- recall another time where they had so few players returning. Yeah, and I think part of it was they had an older team last year in Halifax. They always want to be really good on home ice, obviously. Mm -hmm. So they had an older team, and then, of course, two of the younger players were Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli, and then actually the third, Kevin Korczynski, all of them in the NHL now. So Owen Beck, the Montreal Canadiens pick, is the only returning player. Very interesting. Expectations are going to be certainly high uh, in the nation. As you mentioned, they always are. For me personally, they're not the favorite. We'll talk about Team USA in the next segment. Team USA for me would be sort of the the locked-in consensus number one. Um, Having said that, Canada is still going to be very good. If Canada won the gold medal, it certainly would not be shocking. Um, They do have question marks, but they're question marks that can be papered over. So when I look at the firepower they have, you know, Matthew Potra, getting him from the Boston Bruins, that's going to be huge, obviously. A kid with NHL experience coming back to play against his peer group. And then, of course, you have Max Celebrini, uh, the top prospect for the 2024 NHL draft, playing at Boston University, one of the leading scorers in the country. I saw him at Canada's World Junior Camp, uh, which was in the, the Toronto suburbs. And he was, an, he was an electric force right. for that squad, even though he was the youngest uh, player there. And then you got, got guys like Fraser Minton, Connor Geeky, Matt Savoy. Like, there's a lot of talent up front. And sure, you know, I mean, maybe they don't have, like, that Mason McTavish, you know, uh, you know uh, Connor Bedard, but, I mean, Celebrini's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So they don't necessarily have the same wattage as in previous years, but it's a really good collective up front. Well, it's kind of interesting because you've got Owen Beck coming back to the roster and he's not going to be playing a top six role, likely. He's probably going to be maybe a fourth line guy uh, for them, as well as like a guy like Fraser Minton who saw some action with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder like how this team is built. Um, it seems like there's more of a defined role. Like either mm-hmm. you're either a goal scorer uh, and you're going to be in your top six and you're expected to be highly skilled and fill the net, or you're going to be playing more of a role. Uh, is, is that kind of how you're seeing it in terms of the forwards? I am, shake up? I am interested to see how they deploy their lines because you're right. There's a lot of guys on this team that I would classify as more two-way threats. Right. You know, I mean, it's interesting with Canada because you're basically getting all the best junior players from around the country who typically are big-time scorers. And right. then when you get to this tournament, guys have to take on different roles. I kind of feel with this team, they took a bit of a shortcut where they said, okay, well, Fraser Minton, two-way guy. Easton Cowan, he can be a two-way guy. Nate Danielson, he can be a two-way guy. Owen Allard, who was, you know, and well, is undrafted. He was sort of the big surprise, heavy defensive forward. So you're right. Like there, I think there's going to be more defined roles. You're still going to have to have some guys take on roles they're not used to, but it does feel like things are a little more clear in that sense. How big of it? Uh, of a coup is I get, or a get is it, to get Matthew Poitras, who, you know, has played all the season with Boston, uh, with the Bruins, 27 games, five goals, 13 points, could could have stayed with the Bruins all year long. Um, and after this tournament, is going to go back with the Bruins. But to get that caliber of a player, um, that's going to be huge, especially since it doesn't look like they're going to get an Adam Fantilli. Obviously, they're not going to get a Connor Bedard or a Kevin Korchinski. So, you know, to have a guy who's a legit NHLer um, in your top six, I imagine this is the best scenario for Canada. Certainly. It really is a gift. And the good thing there is that now you have him and Max Celebrini, where you have two very talented centers uh, who, I would, I would also say, are responsible as well. They're certainly not like one-way players. So it just presents more matchup problems. And honestly, it gives a little more versatility for the coaching staff to say, hey, we got a lot of centers, a lot of natural centers on this team. Some guys are going to have to shift over. It's better to have that than have not enough centers and have guys playing at a position down the middle. So it really is a luxury. Another thing that stands out with Canada's roster is its defense. And more importantly, the size of the defense. Maverick Lamoureux, or Lamoureux, uh, 6'7", 214 pounds. Noah Warren, 6'6", 225 pounds. These are big boys. Um, This is on purpose, I imagine. Well, you know what? They have a really nice mix on the back end. And, you know, you mentioned those two big guys. Uh, I just think about the penalty kill. Mm. And I think about, you know, defensive zone play, just the reach of both of those guys. And they both play physical, which is always nice. Then you got guys like Denton Matejchuk and Tanner Molendyke, who are more offensively driven guys. And you got to think, power play quarterbacks, you need those too. And mm. Then you got a guy like Tristan Luneau, who can kind of do a bit of everything. I think Luneau is about six foot two himself. So it is a pretty big, burly defense core. And again, it kind of works into that like team mentality. What Hockey Canada has been so good at, not only the World Juniors, but at the men's level and the women's level, where you can kind of roll lines because you have such depth. 
You might not have like one particular superstar, but you know you can count on everybody to play their part. And I think this defense core is pretty well constructed in that regard. How do you think the goaltending is going to shake up? Because that's always a question mark. Like, we were talking about this, I think, a couple episodes ago on the Hockey News pregame show is when was the last time Canada had the best goalie in the tournament? Mm -hmm. And we kind of jokingly said it might have been Justin Pogge. Right. But that just kind of highlights the fact that it's always a bit of a question mark as to what kind of goaltending this team is going to get in net. Yeah, and I think, you know, probably the last great performance they got was Joel Hoffer. Uh, I think that was in Ostrava. And, and even he wasn't the starter at the beginning of that tournament. Like, he kind of took over. It was really interesting because coming into the year, I, I don't think there was a favorite per se. Um, and, you know, the one guy that I thought kind of fit the profile was Dom DiVincentis, the Winnipeg Jets prospect. But he didn't have a good camp. He ended up getting cut. So I'm, I'm thinking Scott Ratzlaff, uh, the Buffalo Sabres pick, most likely he gets the first crack at being the starter. He's played internationally for Canada before. Um, you know, he's got a pretty decent track record. And again, when you're playing for Canada, you don't have to necessarily steal games. You just can't lose them. Right. And we've seen that the past couple of tournaments where they didn't necessarily have high-end net mining, but they got enough net mining. So you got Rats laugh, and then you got two undrafted players from the queue. You got Samuel St. Hilaire and Matthias Rousseau. Uh, St. Hilaire I thought was pretty good uh, when I saw him at camp. He's got some pretty decent size to him. Rousseau is small, but he's been very effective uh, this year back in the queue. So it's kind of rat's last crease to lose in my mind. Uh, but St. Hilaire kind of interesting. Uh, Rousseau, I'm sure you can pop him in uh, if you had to. But on most nights against most power teams, they're going to have the less accomplished goaltender. That's just how it is. Finish this sentence for me. Canada will win gold if dot, dot, dot. The goaltending holds up. Really? Is it that simple? I think that's pretty much it. If, if they can get goaltending against, say, a Team USA uh, or even Sweden, you know, two of the, the favorites in this tournament, then they give themselves a shot. All right. And we're going to the Americans, Team mm -hmm. USA, who... I'm hearing this This is going to be a really good American team, Ryan. What can you tell us about your expectations for Team USA? All right, you ready for some hyperbole? <laughs> I love hyperbole. This is going to be the best American team ever. Are you serious? No kidding. I, I, I would say the one that came closest, in at least in my lifespan, and, and based on how Team USA's program has developed over the years, I would say this is for sure. When they won gold in Russia, I think it was 2012, mm -hmm. that was John Gibson in net, Johnny Gaudreau up front, uh, Seth Jones on the back end, uh, Jake McCabe was there too, just a ton of NHLers, mm -hmm. and, and they crushed the field. But this team, when I look at the amount of talent they have, combination of like new guys and experience at every position, like they check every box. And that's why I think they're gonna be so dangerous is it's like almost impossible to find fault with this roster. Yeah, what really sticks out for me, and I don't have as much experience with these guys as you would, um, but I'm looking at a lot of players and I'm going, hey, you're a teammate of one another. Um, mm -hmm. Not only that, but you guys are line mates. And um, there's a lot of that going around with the Americans. And for a tournament where you're just throwing guys together at mm -hmm. the last minute in a lot of cases, like a lot of these guys on Team Canada haven't played together. and a guy like, for example, Matthew Potra, who's just kind of joining the team, mm -hmm. doesn't even go to the camp, is joining them. Right. Um, for the Americans, you've got guys who've 
played all season long in college level as well as the NDTP. Yeah, and that national team development program is such a backbone of these American programs because you figure, you know, you play U17, U18 with the NTDP, then you mm -hmm. go to college. When it comes to the World Juniors, you're basically just uploading previous NTDB squad all-stars <laughs> and you you know, you add a couple from, you know, other programs, but you know, the most obvious is the Boston College all-freshman line of Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, and Gabe Perot. They played together at the NTDP. They're playing together with Boston College Eagles this year and having tremendous success. You just put that line out there. It's ready-made. And yeah. then, you know, you look at Cutter Gauthier, also at Boston College, the Philadelphia Flyers pick. He's a returning guy. He has chemistry with Jimmy Snuggerud because they played together at the NTDP. You look at Rucker and McGroarty and Gavin Brindley played together at the University of Michigan. So, you know, you get all, and, that, and that's just the forwards, right? <laughs> and like you mentioned, you, you get all these links. Uh, you know, Frank Nazar, you know, he's also Michigan, also NTDP alumni. So he's got familiarity with these guys. So when you look up front, there's just so many weapons. Like you have at least two incredible scoring lines. And then you've got great depth after that. They always toss in some kind of grinders. I think Quinn Finley is going to be an interesting player to watch this year. Uh, sort of an unheralded forward. He'll probably be doing a lot of banging and crashing, a lot of grinding. But the construction of this forward core is just devastating. And it's deep, too, right? It goes beyond two lines, like you're saying. So deep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And if that wasn't enough, um, Team USA's defense might be their calling card. Yeah. And, okay, so... I'll get to the one little nitpicky thing first. We'll get it out of the way for the defense core. They're not very intimidating. Like uh, in their own zone. Not a whole zone. lot of size there, is there? Not a lot of size at all. Even the players that are taller aren't necessarily like crushers, right? Like they don't have a Maverick Lamoureux or a Noah Warren the way Canada does. Um, Eric Polkamp is pretty tough, uh, but even he's not like humongous. He's just like, you know, really good at that job. Having said that, this is by far the most talented blue line in the tournament. The Swedes will be really good, but Team USA is coming at you with Lane Hudson, Seamus Casey, and Z Booyam. All incredible offensive players on the back end, uh, but not defensive liabilities either. Mm -hmm. Lane Hudson, I, you know, we'll talk about him later. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins defenseman of the tournament, maybe even MVP, because he's a Montreal Canadiens pick who can put up a ton of offense from the blue line. Seamus Casey, New Jersey Devils pick, uh, very similar role at the University of Michigan. He actually, they had, a, they had some injury and illness woes last year. He actually lined up as a center for an exhibition game <laughs> against the NTDP, and I think he won almost all his draws. And then Zeev Booyam, uh, 2024 draft, plays for Team USA coach David Carl right. at Denver, at NCAA Denver. Z Booyam has been one of the biggest surprises of the entire draft class. He's one of the highest scorers in the NCAA. Like, he's right up there with Max Celebrini, and he's a defenseman. So you got three guys who can all be huge difference makers offensively on your back end, on top of all the forwards that are incredibly talented as well. I wouldn't be surprised if we see an almost unprecedented offensive attack from this American squad between those two units. Where do you have Zeev Booyam going into this draft? Well, when the season started, I thought, okay, maybe he's in that sort of 20 to 30 range, but 
honestly, at this point, the way he's playing, I think he's probably top 10. There's some pretty impressive D-men out there. Okay. He's not small. He's about six foot. Um, but he's so good at everything. And, and obviously, with those numbers, you really can't uh, get past that. I mean, that amount of offense from a defenseman playing for a great program is very impressive. Um. U.S. obviously loses to Canada uh, in the last year's semifinal. They end up winning uh, bronze in a, in a wild game against the Swedes. Mm-hmm. Um, so expectations are probably going to be high going into this. When you look at last year's scores, they were, <laughs> they were allowing as many goals as they were <laughs> scoring in a lot of cases. So that brings us to the goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you tell us about the three-man unit that they're bringing over to Sweden? Well, I think, again, this is going to be a real great strength for them. And it starts with Trey Augustine, the Detroit Red Wings pick. He's at Michigan State University, another NTDP alum. So going back to last year, Augustine was basically the third stringer coming into the tournament. But I'm going to toot my own horn here. I predicted in the issue last year, last year's World Junior Preview, he, if they had any chance at a medal, he would have to be their starter by the end of the tournament. Basically, that's what happened because they had Caden Barrico, who's a good NCAA goalie for Colorado College, but not ideal size. He ended up getting lit up early. They go to Augustine. He had a very nice run. Uh, obviously, you know, the semifinal and the, the final, bit of a different story, but he was 17 at the time. Yeah. So now he comes back with a tremendous amount of experience. Uh, his NTDP season last year was incredible. I, he barely lost any games. So you got a guy that is ready for championship caliber hockey already. And then, should he falter, this time there's a failsafe. Jacob Fowler, Montreal Canadiens pick. Uh, He's at Boston College now. He won a USHL title with the Youngstown Phantoms last year. Uh, He was incredible in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure he's the MVP, if I'm not mistaken. And he's your other main option. They also have Sam Hillebrand, who's a very interesting story out of OHL Barry, undrafted. Um, but between Augustine and Fowler, it's almost like the Bruins with Ulmark and Swayman. Like, you okay. can't go wrong. Interesting. You know, so what's nice about that is Augustine doesn't have to play every game. Uh, you know, Fowler can get in there. And for whatever reason, if Fowler struggles, or sorry, if Augustine struggles, put Fowler in, vice versa. Well, that's the, the other interesting part is, you know, Canada and U.S., they're not going to see each other in the, the round robin. They're, mm-hmm. they're in different groupings. The U.S. is with, I believe, Slovakia and Czechia. So are they even going to get tested completely the way that Canada will when, you know, Canada's going to be facing Sweden? And, you know, say what you want about this year's uh, edition of Finland, but mm-hmm. probably some tough matchups uh, going into that round robin. Are you almost expecting a cakewalk for the Americans? It could be. I mean, I like Czechia and I like Slovakia. Uh, I certainly wouldn't favor them in a round-robin game against the Americans by any stretch of the imagination. But at least they should give them some pretty decent competition. You make a good point, though. I I think this is going to be a case where, most likely, Team USA is not going to get a real challenge until the semifinal. Because in all likelihood, they finish first in their division, in their grouping. So they play the fourth seed, and that's probably going to be, well, it will be either Germany or Latvia. So that's going to be probably one of those 8 nothing games that we don't really talk about. Uh, And then the semifinal, that's when you're going to have to face another power country. But I think they'll get at least enough of a test from Czechia and Slovakia that it's not going to be a shock when they actually run into a team in the medal round. All right, Team USA wins gold if dot, dot, dot. 
everyone plays up to their standard. This is literally like the chalk pick, right? Yeah. Like as long as what they are on paper is what they are on the ice, they win gold. Interesting. All right. We've got a preview of Sweden. Yes, the hometown Swedes. Always tough, Sweden. Mm-hmm. Well, always tough in the round robin. I was going to say, until the medal <laughs> round. The Swedes, who, you know, probably along with the Americans and the Canadians are among the favorites to win this thing. That being said, their chances would probably be all that much greater had they had Leo Carlson returning to this roster. Um, are you shocked a little by the Anaheim Ducks decision not to send Leo Carlson you know, back home for this tournament? I'm not shocked because it feels like the Ducks have a very specific plan for Leo Carlson. And, you know, they've held him out of games so he can sort of see things from above and not get, you know, overworked. And, you know, he's been good when he has played. So I, I think they want to keep him close to home for development purposes. I'm sure Sweden would have loved it because last year's team to me was pretty disappointing outside of Leo Carlson and Philip Beestead. I thought they were tremendous together and really had a great kind of fighting spirit along with their talent. So, I mean, Swedes, I'm sure they would have loved to have Leo Carlson back because he would have been a big-time difference maker, but here we are. Yeah, that being said, um, this is a team that, like, no shortage of uh, top-end talent uh, among their forward core. Is that where you see their strength uh, going into this tournament or one of their strengths, I guess? I would say one of their strengths, yeah. And, it, and it's also, to me, a big X factor because uh, some of their most veteran forwards also have a lot to prove in my mind based on last year's tournament, starting with Jonathan LeCarrie Mackey, the Vancouver Canucks first rounder. He just didn't play well last year. And this year, you know, back home playing you know, against men in the pro league in Sweden, he's been awesome. So I want to see that carryover, right? Because he definitely has the potential to be a big time scorer in this tournament, uh, but I need to see it and the Swedes need to see it. So you got LeCarrie Mackey, uh, you got Liam Ogren and Noah Ostland. Uh, the three of them started off together uh, with Jurgen uh, in their junior careers. They sort of all came up together. Now a couple of them are in different squads. But you know, that, I kind of linked the three of them together. And if all three of them can be you know, on top of their game, then Sweden definitely has a chance at gold because they are older players, which means you know, they, they'll probably be a bit stronger. They have a lot of experience playing against men in Sweden. And they're all very talented. So I'm looking at them as sort of the vanguard of this Swedish team. And however they go, that's how the Swedes will go. So, you know, if they're some of the best players in the tournament, then yes, Sweden can certainly win gold. If they're just kind of okay, then we might be primed for another kind of Swedish letdown. And you say letdown. Like, the Swedes haven't won gold since 2012. Yeah, Um, Calgary. Yeah, it's such a long time to go for a team that always dominates in the round robin. There was a time where they hadn't even lost a game in the round robin. I think it was going on almost a decade worth of games. It was a long time. Um, so for whatever reason, they just don't show up when we're at that single elimination. And going back home to Gothenburg and playing here, there's going to be a ton of pressure on these guys, isn't there? Yeah, and I almost wonder if that's the best thing for them. Okay. Where... It's like, okay, well, we can't mess around. Like, we don't want to get booed on home ice, you know? It's like, and we don't want to go out early, right? right? We want to play for a medal. We want to be in front of a raucous home crowd that is full throat supporting us. And, you know, when I look at some of their other forwards, I, I think they've got the guys that can rise to the occasion. 
Philip Beestead, who I mentioned before, San Jose Sharks prospect, you know, he's got that drive to him. David Edstrom, the Vegas Golden Knights pick, similar, you know, two-way guy, great motor, gives his, you know, gives it his all. So, you know, you look at those guys, and then, you know, another forward, I would say, Felix Ungersorum, the Carolina Hurricanes pick. He's been just a real pleasant surprise ever since the Hurricanes drafted him in the summer. He's having a great year. Uh, he can give them some tremendous scoring as well. So, you know, the forward core, uh, very solid, and it's just, like I say, it's a matter of rising to the occasion. In the defense, uh, a nice mix of some shutdown guys, some puck movers. I think the Vancouver Canucks are going to be keeping an eye on this tournament because there's quite a lot of guys. Uh, one of those guys is Elias Pettersson, not to be confused with the Elias Pettersson for the Canucks. Right. This is another future Canuck. But, He's a defenseman. Um, do you see him being sort of the centerpiece of this defense or, or I guess, one of many guys? He's certainly in the mix. Uh, you know, when I look at this defense core, uh, Anton Johansson, the Detroit Red Wings pick, uh, I saw him in the summer when Sweden played at Team USA's World Junior Summer Showcase, and, and he was very impressive. Uh, Axel Sandin Palika, another Detroit Red Wings pick, I think he's going to be big. He was at the tournament last year, so and when he was draft eligible, which was pretty mm. impressive. Uh, Tom Villander, another Vancouver Canucks pick, he's at... Boston University this year, funny enough. Hmm. Um, but he's got a load of potential. Really, this Swedish decor, you know, we talked about the Americans uh, being just incredible. The Swedes are up there too because you're right, definitely a versatile back end. You know, you got guys like Sandin Pelica that can move the puck, Matthias Havlid as well. Um, and then you got bigger players. Uh, you know, Pedersen's got some decent size. Elias Salomonson, the Winnipeg pick, he's got some great size as well. So I think this is a group that, you know, they'll be able to help on the power play. They'll be able to help on the penalty kill. They can break pucks out. They can clear the front of the, uh, the crease. So I think defense is definitely going to be one of the biggest strengths of this Swedish team. And, and if shots do come on net, like you've got Hugo Havlid in net, uh, one gold for them at the uh, U18s uh, in 2022. Um, I don't know if he's going to be their number one goalie. Um, but what do you make of their kind of goaltending three-headed monster that they're sending or that they're going to have back there? Yeah, so this is the most fascinating part of this Swedish team for me. Uh, Hugo Havlid uh, obviously has had some great success as a junior, but he's small. You don't like your undersized goalies, I don't like Ryan. my undersized goalies. They <laughs> scare me, man. There's too much room up top. Havlid, I think he's like 5'10". Maybe 5'11". Uh, and then, of course, you got to say, it's like, well, if they say you're 5'10", are you really 5'9"? <laughs> uh, so I, that scares me. And then you got Kevin Reidler, the Ottawa Senators pick. He's got a lot of size, <laughs> but he's not stopping bucks this year. Okay. Right? His numbers are not good. So to me, and again, I'm prognosticating here. I don't have any insider info. But much like with Trey Augustine last year, Melker Thielen, Arizona Coyotes pick, Got good size. It's got good numbers this year. I wonder if Sweden's going to play in that gold medal game if Melker Thielen ends up being the netminder. Because I worry about Havlid playing against high-end shooters. Like, it's, can he stop a Cutter Gauthier, mm. right? Can he stop a Max Celebrini? Can he stop a Yuri Coolidge? Guys that are going to pick corners all day long. I don't know. Can Kevin Reidler say, settle down? and be that guy, maybe, but we need to see it. Melker Thielen, like I say, he might be the Goldilocks, where it's like the porridge is just <laughs> right in net there. You know, he's got some size, got some skill. So 
For me, this is certainly a wait and see. And luckily for the Swedes, you know, you mentioned the groupings. They're going to get a couple of good challenges in the round robin. They play Finland. They yeah. play Canada. They're going to know what works and what does not work uh, before they get to the medal round. So they'll have to sort out their goaltending. They're going to have to figure out who their guy is. And I could certainly see Hugo Havlid getting the nod early on. Whether or not he remains the starter, big question for me. Sweden wins gold if dot, dot, dot. LeCarry Mackey plays up to his potential. Okay. I think that's like, it's like a cornerstone, like as he goes, and Ogren and Oslin for that matter, as he goes, so goes the team. Because if those guys aren't dialed in 100%, they're going to get caught by somebody, whether it's in the quarters or in the semis. There's too many good teams now to take a night off. Well, as long as they keep scoring goals, because you know what, for me, I think you know this about me already, I love Sweden's post-goal uh, celebration totally, song. Totally, yes. It might be the best goal song in all of hockey, yeah. if not all of sports. So. Yeah. So happy to be joined by THN prospect writer Tony Ferrari. Tony, this has got to be your favorite time of year. Um, let's jump right into it. Finland, always a pesky team. Mm-hmm. Last year they go out in the quarterfinals. What are you kind of thinking about this year's Finnish team? It's an interesting squad because usually they're one of the older teams at the tournament, but this year they're actually the youngest team at the entire tournament. They're going to be relying on a guy like Konsta Helenius, who's a 2024 draft eligible, to probably be their top line center and then rely on guys that haven't been the guy for their international team very often, like Casper Heltonen, who's a very good goal scorer, but they don't really have the the standout talent this year to, to really be that pesky. So I think it probably ends up being a quarterfinal exit for them again but they do play that typical Finnish pro style game where they're just so structured that they can beat any team on any given night. Tony I do kind of wonder too because uh, I agree you know talent wise it's not going to be the same as, as some of the previous years you don't have a, a, a Barkov or a Lundell or even a, a Capo Caco uh, but in net Nicholas Coco the Seattle Kraken pick uh, big kid uh, to be sure and I feel like net mining is going to be pretty big in this tournament. What do you think of Coco and his potential? Coco, like you said, he's a big boy. He understands how to kind of get around the net pretty cleanly. He's not this big, lunky guy that kind of stomps around the net. He's pretty smooth in his movements. But I, I think it's really going to come down to that defensive core. And if they can give him enough in front of him, and as Finland always is, they do play as a five-man unit. So defensively, they they tend to be one of the better teams at this tournament and kind of at all levels of international hockey, especially because a lot of these guys have been playing in, in these tournaments together, whether it's the U18s or, or U20s in previous years. They don't have that much experience at this tournament as they do in years past. Like I said, one of the younger teams, does that mean some of the mistakes end up getting past Coco and Ned? Because as good as he can be, I don't know if he's the kind of goaltender that can really carry a team in this tournament. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, that Finnish team, you got to think they'd be a lot better had they had Joachim Kemmel um, or if some of the players uh, weren't injured this year. Mm-hmm. An- another team that's probably missing some star, pa- pl- uh, star power is uh, Slovakia. Uh, not having Simone Nemec uh, is going to hurt them, but you know, Ryan, you're expecting a lot out of Slovakia still. Uh, how are you feeling about the Slovaks there, Tony? Mm-hmm. I expect a lot out of them. I think they're going to be one of the better teams in this tournament. I may even have them as a medal pick, personally. They do have the most experience of any team at this tournament, and they still reside on the younger side. So a lot of these guys will be back again next year, possibly. 
this is a really fun team. They've got so much talent. And like you said, they're missing the the top top end guys in the Simon Nemec and the the um Uri Slavkovsky, but they've got so many other offensive scores and so many other players that can kind of make a difference. Whether it's a Philip Mashar, whether it's an Alex Sirnik or a Dalvador Dvorsky, they're gonna have a full tournament of Samuel Hanzik, the Flames first rounder from last year. This team is still gonna be very, very hard to beat. And like I said, I, I think they're gonna make a deep run unless they get a kind of a bad draw in the quarterfinals. Yeah, it's funny. We were talking about it before the show. And with Finland, you know, if Finland finishes third in their pool, they might end up against a Czechia or a Slovakia in the quarterfinal. And that would be pretty tough for both teams who obviously have championship aspirations. Uh, Just keeping on Slovakia, very very interesting team to me. You mentioned all the offensive guns. And they got Maxim Sturback, the Buffalo Sabres pick on the back end. They also have Adam Guyon, the Chicago Blackhawks pick in net. Guyon, I would say, was one of the biggest, most pleasant surprises in last year's tournament. Uh, came in, you know, wasn't even, I don't think, at their summer uh, camp. He came in kind of as third stringer, took over as a starter. Uh, but it, it does feel like finally there's expectations around Slovakia again, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it really is. Like you said, Adam Guyon came in established himself in the starter in the tournament last year and honestly i i've said this all year that he really got drafted because of that world junior tournament his numbers mm-hmm. throughout the year were pretty good and stuff but what he did last year to kind of drag slovakia into the fight every single night let them be the pesky team that they were and challenge everyone right up to canada in that quarterfinal game that they ended up losing in overtime Guyan was the guy that really helped that team stand on their head um now this year, a lot of those guys are a little bit older. Philip Mashar, Dalibor Dvorsky, guys I mentioned earlier, they're a year older, a year more mature, ready to really make a big impact on this team at the U20 level up against some of the Giants. Uh, I know the last few years they've gotten a lot of their points against some of the lower-end teams in this tournament. Now they're ready to beat up on Canada. Now they're ready to beat up on the United States, Finland, Sweden. And I think they're right, back, right there in there with that second-tier of teams there. Yeah. Now, another team that's, I don't know if we consider them among the Giants, but Chechia, uh, based on what they did last year, I don't think anyone was really kind of expecting it uh, outside of maybe folks in Chechia. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, even then, you know, they're the runner-ups last year. Um, are we expecting them to be, a, once again, a, a quote-unquote favorite going into this year's tournament? I don't know if they're going to be quite as good as they were last year. They only have six returning players, but four of them have played at two tournaments in the past. Guys like Yuri Kulich and Matthew Sapovalov have played in two World Juniors in the past. They know what to expect. They're going to be big impact players. Sapovalov always ends up stepping up. He's known as a defensive guy in the OHL. Kind of coming to these international tournaments, he always finds a way to be an offensive player and be a clutch producer for that team. Whether it's in a quarterfinal game or a semifinal game, he's always the guy that kind of comes up big late in games. Like I said, Yuri Kulich, everyone in Rochester has seen him this year, the Buffalo uh, Buffalo Sabres prospect, uh, big-time goal scorer, got an unreal shot. He can be a difference maker, but they aren't. They do have a lot of the guys that were carrying that team last year moving on, so it's going to be interesting to see if some of these younger guys coming up, some of the, the Thomas Galvises, the Adam Juracek's, two draft eligibles, can they step up and, and play big roles in this tournament? Because if Chechi is going to go deep like they did last year, they're going to need those young players to do that. Yeah, and I will say, I, I was bullish. I thought they could be a dark horse last year, and mm-hmm. turns out they were. I'm still bullish on them because, Tony, I look in net, they can have Michael Harabel, the humongous Arizona 
prospect, uh, six foot six, if I'm not mistaken. You mentioned Adam Yurichek will be very exciting. Um, Edward Chalet, who was on that top line last year with Kulich and Sapovolich, uh, I know he hasn't been fantastic in his first year with OHL Barry, but part of me just feels like the Seattle first rounder. Like this is the best situation, reuniting that top line for Czechia. I, I feel they can do a lot of damage. Yeah, Edward Shell is a guy that I think is going to kind of flourish in this tournament. Like you mentioned, he, he's struggled a little bit to, to, to adapt to the OHL. I think the North American game has taken a little bit to just adjust to. Uh, I talked to him earlier this year, and he said, yeah, it's just it's a different style of hockey. It's a different way of playing. And going back to the World Juniors, getting some confidence, like you said, playing on that top line and being an impact player for this team is going to allow him to kind of get that second half of the year going on the right foot. So he's going to be a really interesting player. And, and like you said, Michael Robble in that six foot six. A beast of a goaltender. He's a guy that can hold a team in a game at any given night and, and steal a game from one of those big guns. Is this team really that solid? Really the the giant killer that they were last year? Maybe not, but I, I still think they can be a little bit feisty and at least challenge to get into that semifinal break. Edward Sally is a guy who obviously helped his draft ranking at last year's tournament. Uh, this year, looking ahead, uh, there's a Norwegian player that you. Are you thinking that might be that kind of fit where uh, we're going to be talking a lot about him after this tournament? Yeah, Michael Brendeseg Newgard, as they say over overseas, <laughs> is a really fun, fun player. I, I love this kid. Every time I watch him play, I look at him and I go, man, this is just an NHLer. He's got all the, the pace, the skill, the physicality. He's one of the best four checkers in the entire draft. He might be the most pro-ready player in the draft, in my opinion, at least outside those top couple of guys like Celebrini. And he, he's doing such a good job in, in the Alsvenskin, playing a high-paced game. He's not a guy that really kind of takes his foot off the gas on any given shift. He plays at a high with a high motor, high-octane hockey, doesn't ever give a, a defender's time to breathe. He's on them like peanut butter on jelly. There's a lot to really like with this kid's game. And, yes, Norway's not going to be the best team at this tournament, and it may be a little bit hard for him to stick out, uh, similar to the way that Marco Rossi struggled in his first World Juniors. But this kid's going to be really, really good this year. And I think he could kind of, if he has a good tournament, kind of gets Norway a, a little feisty and makes him a little bit harder to play against. He could earn himself a, a top 10 pick in this draft, possibly. Yeah. And you know what? I look back a few years ago, an undermanned team with a really good NHL prospect, Tim Nico, Stutzla. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Nico Hishire. Nico Heischer was a revelation as well. Okay. Yeah, but Switzerland had a bit more of a track record to them. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder if Brandeseg Newgard could have a, a Tim Stutzla-esque rise in the tournament. It'll be interesting to see. Do they eat peanut butter and jelly in Norway, though, Ryan? I want to know that. Maybe on rye bread? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Tony, all the best. Thanks so much. We're going to be you know, keeping an eye on... Uh, all the players you just mentioned, um, check back with the Hockey News for more coverage. We've got more coverage of World Juniors Preview coming up after the break. Don't change that channel. Welcome back to the Hockey News Pregame Show. This is our World Junior Championship Preview Edition. And Ryan, I'm going to ask you to put on your prediction cap here. Do it. All right. Who do we think is going to win? Who do you think is going to get silver? And who do you think is going to get bronze in this championship? Yeah, okay, so I will preface this by saying I wouldn't be surprised if either Czechia or Slovakia make a Dark Horse run, mm -hmm. but if we're going chalk predictions, Team USA, gold medal. Sweden, silver medal. Canada, bronze medal. 
Oh my God, you're not going to be allowed back into the country when you go through uh, customs, Ryan, if we that's the case. See. We shall see. Okay, that'll be a disaster for Canadians if they come up with bronze, I got to just tell you. Uh, right. I was at a tournament where they didn't get, not even a medal, I think they finished like 13th or something. <laughs> <laughs> Won't uh, be that bad. No. All right, top forward. Top forward? I'm going to go Yuri Kulish with Czechia. I think he's going to rack up the points. And for that reason, I think he could be top forward. Top goalie. Top goalie, I'm going to say Adam Guyan from Slovakia because he's going to have to be huge once again for them, and I think he has that game-stealing capability to get it done. Top D? Lane Hudson from Team USA. Uh, much like Coolidge, I think he's going to put up a ton of points, especially in the power play for Team USA. And because the Americans are probably going to be in that gold medal game, He'll have quite a bit of time in order to show how good he is. So do I have to ask who the MVP is going to be then? Is that uh, an American? Uh, you know what? I, if, if we're going off what the most sort of likely scenario, I'm going to go again with Lane Hudson. I mean, if he's the top D-man and he's playing on the gold medal team, uh, there's certainly some other good candidates there. I mean, it could be Cutter Gauthier as well up front. Um, but I kind of feel like Lane Hudson is just going to have a massive tournament. Hmm. Here's a kind of a interesting one. Of the draft eligibles, um, who, who do you think we're going to be talking about after this tournament? You know what? Uh, going back to Tony, I think Michael Brandsag Newgard from Norway, because we haven't seen him over here, right? You know, he's been playing over in Europe, so we don't really have much of a book on him. Uh, I think a lot of scouts are going to be curious to see what he can do, especially on a Norwegian team that is obviously not going to be favored. Uh, but I also don't think they're going to be horrible because they have a lot of returning players from last year. So, I mean, they might have to play for relegation, but I at least think you're going to see some puck touches, and that'll be very important. You think he has a better tournament than Celebrini? Not better than Celebrini. Just I, because of where he's playing? Celebrini is going to have amazing guys to play off of, and Celebrini is, to, to me, number one with a bullet anyways. Okay, uh, who's playing for relegation, uh, which is not a fun thing, obviously. No, but, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be uh, Germany coming out of Group A, because I think Latvia is better than usual this year. And then, I'm a, it, it's probably going to be Norway, but I'm going to say this. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Switzerland, because it only takes one game, mm. right? If Norway beats Switzerland head-to-head, -head, that's pretty much it. And I just don't see a ton of high-end talent on Switzerland. They don't have a Brandsag Newgard, for example. Real quick, uh, Dark Horse team? Dark Horse team, I, I'm going to go with Slovakia. I think, I think they've got all they need to make a run. Okay, that's all the time we have for today. This was the Hockey News pregame show, special World Junior Championship preview edition, uh, brought to you by BetMGM and NorthlandHockey.com. We'll see you next time at the rink.